If you'd like to support the show, don't forget to rate us five stars, shop at our merch store, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Special thanks to our patrons, M. Trichkovsky and Tony Irons. To become a patron, go to patreon.com slash what's my thesis. The thing about L.A. that is like difficult and bewildering is it does have galleries where people go like, can I purchase this piece for $15,000? And then the gallerist is like, no, because you're not the right person. I know. Your money's no good here. Wow. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Like there, there's and there's tons of that that happens all the time. And I like I'm not in that. Like, that's not relevant to me specifically. But like that's here. And then, you know, there's just all the different like tiers and types of spaces that exist here. And I couldn't I, I like really struggled to figure out like where I'm like, where do I um, where do I fit? <laughs> what is your customer base like? They seem nice. No, they're cool. Our, most of them are cool. Um, most of them, nicely well, said. <laughs> it's true. Um, I mean, recently, I would say in the last few years, I've been working with a lot of dealers and collectors of mid-century modern pottery. Um, oh, those types. Well, I mean, that's that's who a TikTok major is having part such my... a backlash to, to mid-century modern. Fair enough. I, I don't mean, mind it, but it is a generational thing. You know, I think it's a it, okay. There's a lot of beautiful stuff uh-huh. from that era, and then there's, but then sometimes it just starts feeling really boring. Like the more of it you see, and I like. I mean, I'm not not obviously not a minimalist, mm-hmm. and I think some of that design is like so minimal and like refined down and down and down that I I feel tired, or I just want. I don't know. I like to be in a place with a bunch of crap in it. Oh, is that where you feel more comfortable? Would you guess that I might feel comfortable <laughs> in a place? I don't know. I mean, I my apartment's a mess, but that doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> and okay, I think mess is the wrong word. I think like you can have a lot of stuff in a semi-curated <laughs> manner. I mean, I just want to know where people like But okay. now we just heard that thing fall and we don't know what it is. That's okay. It's probably just Lesha. What's Lesha? Lesha. Oh, the, there's, an, uh, there's another stu- artist? Yeah. <laughs> studio mate. She's, okay. she's in here rifling around. Or, I don't know, maybe it's the ants. But um, let me ask you something since you listen to the show. Okay. Uh, and I don't mean to make this a crit of my show, but I might be asking you since you're on your way out. Uh, what do you think of the intro? Should I keep it or should I it, it ditch it? Is it? Does it slow it down at the beginning? The, I, ca- what's, what's I my- kind of liked... I mean, so the first... the. First one I listened to with the intro was Emily's. Oh, no, I don't mean the, the music. Oh. I just mean the welcome to what's my thesis and all that stuff. Because I'm feeling like maybe that's slowing down the YouTube views. Um. Oh, maybe. Probably. It will probably slow down the YouTube view- yeah. views. I'm so used to it, like just as a listener of things and a yeah, non-watcher yeah. that it doesn't bother me at all. So I should still do it for the audio. But probably. I could see it, I think it's nice for the audio. Or then, I just like to get oriented. I'm like, oh, now I'm oriented in my podcast because they all do. All the ones I listen to are Dude. produced and have intros. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't listen to any of the ones that are like four hours long and people are just like rattling about shit. I know who you're talking about now. <laughs> 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 I accidentally triggered you earlier by making a uh, a Joe Rogan uh, joke. I'm fine with him, but I, don't, I totally understand that people that he's a very polarizing person. I just think he's stupid. 
that's fine. I like. I'm sure a, he wouldn't argue with as you. A, as a, like as a just a human person, I just don't think <laughs> Wait, he's you, smart enough yeah. to have the platform that he has. It bothers me. I don't. I I, I I I am okay with you thinking that. I'm okay with it bothering you. I would say that. Why does he have that platform then? <laughs> okay so like here's the thing is i also don't think that every smart person should have a podcast like or have a platform hype you know it's it's kind of just as bad to have somebody that's like ultra pretentious because they're super smart like having a massive platform but with him he's just he can't if somebody's saying something stupid to him he doesn't know how to stop them because he's not smart enough to be like this is stupid have you ever watched the show no okay no, no, I, I'm not going to argue with you. No, no. I, no, my point just, is not, my, my interest is not in convincing, convincing you that Joe Rogan is okay. I'm not at all invested in that. <laughs> I've just literally, like, I've had a problem with him since Fear Factor. I just yeah, yeah, no, have never liked him fun. as a person, and Dude, I there, never will. There like, are just, some you know. people that just trigger me, too, and I don't really know why. <laughs> so I'm not going to be like, oh, you have to be kind to everyone. Uh, which interests me about what you said, and have I done the intro yet? No. No. Okay, we'll get to it. Um, what interests me about is the terminology of platform and, 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 and that to me is a fascinating concept because it's the, this idea, like then what you, what you're getting into is a place where, I mean, he is like fucking number one in the world. There's nothing that comes close to his, his show. And that's my whole problem. I know that's fine <laughs> to be upset about that. Uh, and, 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 uh, but the idea of it being a platform in the traditional sense, I think, is what's triggering to people, like where it's like, it's just this guy who's suddenly powerful, as opposed to a guy that's like super powerful buying an institution like the Washington Post. You know, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not at all stabbing at your. Oh your, no, your I thing. find that equally disturbing. No, I no, think. I know that's why I'm saying I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not arguing your taste, your your distaste for him. I'm interested in the idea of the platform. And I mean, I think as, that's, so, as, as someone who's trying to self-platform. Well, I, honestly, if he was just like some dude who had a YouTube channel and he got, you know, I don't even know, like even a million or so views on things. Yeah, yeah. I probably wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. But it's that he's now, it's like he's gained so, mu so much power and like recognition and people seem so enchanted with him. Like if he could just be left alone a little bit more, yeah, fine. I mean, I don't care if people with dumb ideas like the. Well, I'm super dumb, around. so I can. Uh, <laughs> I just told you about a piece that I loved that I did, <laughs> and and you talked about how someone tried to do the piece in real life, which is I I did a I, I had a piece. I mean, I'm still gonna do it, but I'd never documented it. Unfortunately, uh, I guess I'm doing it now. But it's like a big fan with a little fan blowing into it, with a smaller fan blowing into it. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know if you can hear in the background, we're only surviving. There's literally no way that my sound engineering uh, desire to have a clean ta taping is going to stop me from having these fucking fans on. It's okay. There's just a low-key white noise in the background, and it's fine because according to um, my wolf thermometer, it is 90 degrees in here. Are you serious? Yes. Holy shit. I'm serious. Oh. Uh. And a wolf thermometer is not a technical thermometer. I don't even, I'm not even looking at it. I just know where I'm at. It's a thermometer that has some wolf theme. It has a photo of wolves. It's one of those um, circular 
uh, garden thermometers. Um, <laughs> like you'd see, usually they have like hot air balloons on them or something. This one depicts a photo of two wolves looking into the distance. Into the distance. Oh, I thought they, it would be more romantic. It's round like a clock. And so sometimes people come in here and then they're like 60, 60 o'clock. And I'm like, it's, it's not the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I find that. Uh... It's interesting the idea of um, uh, the just in general the sense the idea of platforming as, as I promise this will become a critique of my podcast podcast <laughs> because I know you've listened to it but uh, okay let me do the intro okay welcome to what's my thesis oh wait, no hold on this is my note to myself I need to do a bigger one. Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview and ask, what's my thesis? And I'm also looking into the camera now. <laughs> Do you see that? Very good. Yeah, you were, you're from the Zoom days. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it was from the Zoom days. I mean, you've been friends with me since before the Zoom days, so I don't want to like take yeah. your credit away. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, we are also meeting impromptu and in a rush because you've broken a lot of people's hearts by departing i have my own anxieties about it <laughs> we can get into them <laughs> i i don't disapprove but i disapprove Fair enough. uh now you're allowed to be happy and not consider me and your life choices <laughs> I just want you to know they affect me. <laughs> now we kind of had an idea that this was sort of happening from for a while, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and I, you're leaving. The, the thing is you're leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to move to Seattle. Um, I'm going to get out of LA. Um, the sun is burning me. Yeah. Now's a good time to fucking get that vibe. I mean, really, like stuff's going to catch on fire soon, like any minute. Yeah. Because it's almost fire season. And I'm, I'm excited to go to a place that has... Um, not fire season. Now you're just bumming me out about staying. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, what, well, what do you, what, do, first thoughts first, like what, uh, what are your thoughts on like, because you're obviously been here. How long have you been here? Um, I have been here a little over eight years. Actually, I guess nine years. It would be nine years in December. So I'm like eight and a half. So do you have any anxiety? I mean, I know you have like a big Instagram following and you're, you, or you are uh, somewhat known, but you, do you have a network in Seattle? No. I'm, I mean, I know a few people there. Um, so actually someone from LA that I know just opened a gallery there recently. Um, and then um, Sean from Track 16, who I work with now, he also knows some people up there. Um, and then I actually have a friend from Austin that I didn't realize was living in that area now, but is up there. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll have a little like I have a place to start, I guess, as far as like meeting people and things. And now I, I've kind of gotten to the point. I mean, it, like. My Instagram following is not that big, but it's been big enough that I a lot of times I can meet somebody and I'm like, oh, we're already connected. We might yeah. already follow each other or I remember what that was like. Yeah. Or we're already connected or like, you know, of me from this or that or whatever, because even if people don't follow me, they might have seen me like a lot of people follow Jealous Curator, um, which I've been on a couple of times or Colossal. On like those sites is, and so they'll have seen my work so jealous curator is a site and a podcast um, so she is yeah so she has a um she has a podcast and then she has a i mean i don't I'm like it sounds weird to say blog 
Okay. But she used it used to start it out as just this blog, like back in you know, two thousand. No, wait, wait. What era am I in? Um, two thousand five or mm. seven or something like that. Like pretty a long time ago. Um, it was just a blog where she would post an artist every day that she, whose work she loved, and it started just out as this thing where she was a designer, um, and she's really interested in art but didn't make her own art and so she started this thing called the jealous curator which is i'm jealous of this person because i think their work is so cool mm. and i don't even know how she found me because it was kind of pre-social media and i didn't know anything about her and it was i think back in 2007 or 2008 and so she posted me there and then we met and i was on her podcast like years ago now but um she's you know it's kind of one of those things where people who like the work she posts is um, there's like a big variety. It's, a lot of it's design oriented. Um, and yeah, she's got a the, lot of that. Yeah. And the people I think that her her audience is people who are just like interested in the arts, but don't necessarily have like a regular act like they're not going to be going out to art galleries. And uh, I think another thing about the people who are not my audience. <laughs> well, I think the other thing about her is like the most inside baseball. I mean, she also like there definitely are a lot of artists that follow uh -huh. her and are interested. But I feel like the the kind of work she chooses, she's good at grabbing people who aren't necessarily going to be like gallery people or a lot of the art she chooses is is things that are accessible and not like not a lot of heady um, mm. stuff. So I think that's nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, um, I guess back to the question. Um, I'm kind of looking to... I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I worry occasionally about leaving L.A. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the what's worried me about leaving more than I don't know. I'm not really worried I'm going to become irrelevant. It seems weird. Like we're the same age. Um, we're over 40. Um, and we're relevant. <laughs> but, well, but I feel a little bit like I'm like, oh, I'm like older now. You know, and before, like when I moved to L.A., I was, you know, 30 something um, or like when I moved to Austin and I was like 25 um, and now I'm like, this, I, I it gets interesting to get into a community as somebody that's in their 40s instead mm. of being somebody in their 20s or even in their like younger 30s. And why is that? Is it because uh, people think that you might be a predator? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely that. Um, no, I think it's also just like, I know so much more now and I also know, I mean, I've always been a person who has like done lots of like labors of love for art yeah, or yeah. for, stu you know, for, for my own art, for, other people's art for just the idea of doing a stupid project you know just lots of um like work for you know work for free or whatever it's not even like not in a mean work for free type of way but not just, exploitation yeah not not, not no, for exposure but like for love you and yeah exactly um i think it's, there's a line in a talking head song it's like never for money always for love yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'm always like yeah you know that's because that's really like the i guess for me the pursuit of art being an artist you know being artistic is to just do like stupid nonsense things with people that you think are cool yeah, yeah um and but i think 
like doing all that stuff has been like great and wonderful and I've loved it so much. But now I'm also at a point where I'm like, I'm like worn down. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I have a limit on, you know, there was a point in my life where if anybody asked me to do anything, I'd be like, yeah, I'll do that thing. And now I'm like, mm. so I don't quite have the, I, I don't have the energy of somebody who's 28. <laughs> I don't either. Like I, don't I have either. to go to bed. <laughs> no, I and that is at the, well. That's what I was thinking. Like when you were bringing that up, I was like, "Where is she going with this?" Because it sounds like she's saying that it might be harder as an adult to like, because when you're a kid, everybody's trying. At our age, everyone's married and is a homebody, right? You mm -hmm. know. So what are you gonna do? I mean, but I think that I don't know. I think that I can still. Art is the unifying thing. Yeah, like I think art is the unifying thing. Like I think it'll still be feasible to like make connections and friends and things like that but i think that i'm gonna try to kind of have like a more li more limited involvement or like you're not gonna stay as our director and direct from far away i will for a little bit while you guys get it figured out um i uh <laughs> i take a um carl barada the lovely carl um told me you just have to duct tape the canoe together because once you put enough duct tape on the canoe it just floats Oh, that's that's how you how you're gonna leave us. Yeah, well, I've been duct I've Just been duct taping duct -taped the canoe. Up. <laughs> um, the canoe is almost fully duct taped. Yeah, I'm gonna leave you how guys. How many how many members do we have now? Um, uh, this is Monta Vista for 12. people that don't know. Um, yeah, Monta Vista Projects. Monta Vista Projects has I think twelve members. Twelve now. members. Yeah, and so I mean, like, whatever, you guys will be fine. And yeah. also the nature. I mean, the nature of the collective is that the collective changes. And that is not your collective. Yeah, no. It, and I think that's the thing about, you know, being a part of Monte Vista that's been so nice is that it is really like it's non-hierarchical. It's not. It's nobody's. Yeah, right. I'm just depend on you like for everything. <laughs> what are you talking about? You, <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. I mean, but, you know, you don't have to. And I think I mean, that's sort I, of like CC you on every fucking time I reach out to another member. <laughs> but I think that's also like the interesting thing about like the way these things form, like the or or being, you know, I guess. For me, there's been just like in my whatever, like growing up as an artist, um, a lot of me realizing that like, I, you know, I'll I'll lead something. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't I was not like a kid who was like, I want to be the president of this. So I'd be like, get away from me. I'm reading yeah. a book. Stop. Don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> also, I was very shy. So I was also like, please also don't look at me. I'm That's you're you're one of you. I, I can relate to that because I don't get that. It's hard to imagine you as being shy, but I think a, a lot of people feel that way about me, too. But I was also very shy and people thought I didn't like them just because I was terrified of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I was very um, I mean, it's funny because I like I think with, you know, growing up like with my parents and stuff, um, I was I could be really argumentative. I mean, not just not just like regular kid parent stuff like my dad and I really liked to debate mm -hmm. st debate style argue like but it was in good fun or yeah, was in it? good okay. fun. All we right. used to do it at dinner all the time, but it would make my mom really mad because she didn't like the sound of raised of like, voices. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, we're just having a discussion. And she was like, both of you have to shut up <laughs> um, just because she was like yeah, the yeah. noise level was too much for her. Um, but but like in school, um, you know, I just like wanted to read and like read and draw and not talk to anyone. And I was ter like terrified of like public speaking and all that stuff. Finally, at some point in college, <laughs> I was like, oh, literally no one cares. Like no one. Ca 
I mean, it, at the level Wait, that we're no, at, with no our one cares audience, about what. No one cares how stupid you think you look. Nobody cares. Like, there's just. I think I used to think like everyone is scrutinizing me. Oh, and, oh, okay. And no one is. And no, and, they're scrutinizing like, themselves. I, I had that it, realization. And like, if you don't, you know, if you're trying to, like, if you have to get up in front of a class and do a presentation and you don't remember what you're going to say. That's okay. Yeah, Just yeah. be like, whoops, hold on a second. Um, or, you know, can we, like, we'll have to figure that out later or I'll email the class at the end, <laughs> you know, and it's not a huge, it's not a huge deal. I also had like an instance where I was supposed to do a, I don't know, I was in some class where we had to do a bunch of like speaking, public speaking type stuff. And I did a presentation one time that I was not prepared for, but it went really well. And then I was like, oh, great. Yeah. You know, like this was actually fine. I don't need to have nerves. Are you, the, were you the type to go, want to go first and get it out of the way in the class lineup or last and torture yourself? <laughs> I guess usually, or like by the time I got to college, the thing I hate more than anything is when someone when you're in a classroom situation and the instructor's like, who wants to go first and <clears throat> no one will go, mm -hmm. that those minutes or seconds or however long it is of everyone just like sitting there drives me insane. <laughs> and so I'm like, if no How long one... have you been out of college? <laughs> Forever. You're so passionate about this memory. <laughs> it's, well, it's not just that memory. It's also because like occasionally in LA, I've done like professional or like, that had to I worked at a um a place that did professional development classes uh -huh. and so I was the uh I forget what my title was but basically like I would have to sit in the back of the room <laughs> while someone is you know talking about like business taxes or whatever to a group and then they're asking the people in the room like for feedback or whatever and no one is saying anything and it, even then like I'm not supposed to say anything cuz it's just my job to like monitor the class mm -hmm. just be like just every I know you scaredy cat. Well, I mean, you know, everybody has questions because yeah, everybody yeah. has questions about how to do their business taxes because nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> and I'm like, I know someone just, just please say your questions. Oh, my God. You fucked up so bad right now. You just told me you know how to do business taxes. I know a little bit about business. Taxes. Yeah, you know more than me. My, my... You're so fucked <laughs> up. <laughs> you done fucked up, Deborah. That's well, a really boring podcast. Uh, no, not about that. No, I just mean in general in my life. I'm gonna be like, hey, how do I keep this podcast? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm actually happy to like answer questions about what I know, but I'm also like, right. I'm not an accountant, so my advice is not necessarily. I'm like, it's Legal. things you could do, but yeah. maybe some of them you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, then, okay. So you've been in LA for eight years, and you're leaving now. Um, well, I, there's a couple of things I want to ask you. I kind of want to ask you about the art world, the art scene, how you see it here. I also want to ask you about like your podcast selection of art podcasts that you listen to because you're like literally the only person I know who listens to art podcasts, like literally, <laughs> which is why I guess you're also one of the few people that listens to mine that I know <laughs> regularly. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm teasing, but uh, what like, wh okay. You said there were different categories of uh, this is a this is a business meeting right now. <laughs> what uh, what categories of podcast of art podcasts do you listen to? You said you listen to career ones. You said you listen to ones about art 
artists talking about their work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's um, a couple. So there's the I Like Your Work podcast. And that, that one seems to have blown up. I, person, I remember when they were not like anything. Yeah. So there's that one. And she does there's she does like a kind of combo thing. So she'll do a thing where sometimes the um, the episodes are her interviewing a, an artist about mm -hmm. like their their practice and all that stuff. And then there's other kind of like interstitial episodes where they're about, you know, social media like figuring out your social media or doing your taxes or whatever. So she How has, many episodes a, a week does she come out with? Um I think it's actually just once a week or once every two weeks. It's not that much. But I'm pretty I don't listen to them all the time. And so when I'm in the mood, so normally, I mean the deal is I'm, We're also I, you're not required to shit on other podcasts oh, to no, make no. me feel better. I'm just saying um, <laughs> Well the deal is with me since I'm I'm in the I'm in the studio either doing like restoration work or artwork essentially like full time yeah. um or more depending and i can't the i can't listen to music when i'm doing my work because it affects my painting style for restoration you got like rhythms going and you're like bounce bounce it's it's not that extreme but it kind of like it will or it'll, it'll affect my mood and I can't, and so I can't listen to music. I love that I just assumed you were listening to boom bap rap. And so, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, dad rap from my era. <laughs> and so I listen to podcasts. And uh -huh. so, but I don't listen to art podcasts all the time. There's just certain times we'll be like, okay, I'm going to. You know, I need a palate cleanser or somebody I you're know like, is on this podcast. You're like, or, oh, okay, Javier invited one of my friends on. <laughs> yeah, listen to my friend. Um, or like sometimes the topics are interesting to me. Or like, um, oh, let's see, Michael Shaw's podcast, which is called the Artist Conver or the Art Conversation Podcast. Yeah, yeah. I listen to that occasionally. Um, I hear, or I've heard from uh, somebody that we both know that they are, or one of the feedbacks that I've received about my show is that they like that I'm not as aggressive as he is when I disagree with somebody. Um, it, it, like his podcast is interesting because sometimes, like he just really, he's, he really wants to know things sometimes. And I think so, sometimes people don't want to tell him, but he just uh, is really trying to, because I think a lot of, I, like, I cannot speak for him. We do not know each other, okay. but I get the... I get the feeling that like a lot of what he wants to know, which I also want to know, is how are people staying alive that are artists? It's like, you know, like where do you get your money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like for real, how you get your money. Yeah, and but a that's lot a of fucking, people that's gauche as fuck. Yeah, though. people don't want to answer that question, which is totally fair. And um and that's they, also really hostile though. And, well, he doesn't say like how do you get your money? Yeah, it's but still he'll hostile. just be like he but he's genuinely curious. I'm genuinely curious. I would love to know yeah. um how you know how people I'm are. gonna start doing that. I'm gonna be like like all of my guests and be like <laughs> no one's gonna be happy with the answer. <laughs> well, I think that kind of is the is it's the, the subtext there, right? Right. Yeah. And it's just it's a hard like it's a hard question to answer and i think also because everybody you know no matter and i've never listened to the show i have no personal beef no i'm matter... just i'm just reacting to what you're saying so i don't know what it what his actual you know yeah, i don't no. want to start he, like, our he, podcast wars <laughs> he seemed, no he seems cool i like his podcast and i like this is not yeah. a, it's not a dig at all i just think it's interesting because sometimes like he'll i can well, it's interesting because the way that I heard about it, the only time I really disagree with people is not about, uh, it's just about politics, right? Right. So that's what I understood. So that actually gives me some more clarity yeah, as to like what they were talking about. Right. It can be a little bit more or someone will tell a story and they won't want to name the person and he'll kind of try to yeah, yeah. figure out like who it is and, you know, and then <laughs> and, like that, 
that's fine because we all want to know because we like the gossip. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but I do listen to him sometimes. Um, there's another one called like, what's it called? Like Art Juice or something like that. That's all about business that I'll listen to occasional or arts business. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if that's the same one. Or this, there's another one that has like these two, I think they're English women on it. And they talk a lot about, oh, just, you know, like keeping, like keeping up with making your work or uh, like trying something new and like success or failure or things like that. And I think those are useful to listen to, but it's all, it's all just sort of like this background of me working myself. Unless you're listening to my show. That right. Which I fully listen to. I drop everything. I'm just like, what's my thesis is on? I'm going to fully listen. Yeah, yeah. Actually, but hilariously, I can't do that at all because if I am not doing something with my no, hands I and I just start listening, I'll space out completely. Yeah. And then I have to, like, and I just stop here. There's something to that, especially as someone with ADD, the ADHD, like the the fidgeting helps. Like, you know, the, that's why you see, you know, the... Uh, people doodling and stuff mm-hmm. like there's something to that in, in you know in business meetings and then your manager's like shut up stop and you're like no but i'm listening i had a huge thing in high school with um a teacher because like they would <clears throat> i don't know i don't know why they even still do this in high school but we had to like read Macbeth aloud in the class mm-hmm. and i can't i literally like i just told you if somebody's just like just listen and don't do anything my brain just like goes into space yeah yeah and i stop hearing (laughs) completely and i don't know what happened but if i'm moving my hand i'll be able to like pay attention essentially what kind of artist does uh, i like your work because that's actually one that i i saw grow like uh and i'm just trying to figure that out i know that i'm i mean you know for whatever reason I've actually, I'm actually right now at lower listenership than I've ever been. Hmm. And, and it, I think obviously it's because I've taken time off from time to time, mm-hmm. but, um, but I'm just trying to like get curiously trying to figure out how to do this in a, in a way that is more appealing to people. So basically what I'm trying to do right now, especially with the new setup that we're doing, right, is going to, uh, and we're in the critique part of the podcast, <laughs> um, you know, it's my objective is to go into like artist spaces and uh, a, in LA and just kind of document maybe in a um, like the the artist run scene as opposed to not that I don't have a pro- not that I have a problem with like interviewing Mark Bradford or anybody that big, you know. But realistically, <laughs> but I mean, first of all, is that of interest at all to anyone? <laughs> I mean, you know, I I I think so. Um... Or I think it all it would all depend on like, you know, what what the content of the interview was, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um I've actually seen him Mark Bradford speak before and it was really interesting. Yeah. Um the one actually that I I'm like I remember one thing out of it. Mm-hmm. And the one thing was like it was a question he did a Q&A at the end and somebody was basically like how do I make it as an artist and he was just like I don't know. You just have to like do whatever you need to do. He's like, yeah, yeah. maybe you have to you have to figure out how to do it yourself and do it yourself completely and find your five friends who can all pay you know X amount of dollars so you can run your own gallery and like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which is very like just you have to do it yourself. Like do no, it, obviously you have own, to do it to figure know? out if there's a if there's an audience for it. But um, no, I mean, I, but I'm just like watching. Like I think. It's interesting to me the idea of uh, of a show that that 
it's interesting to me that in the same time frame that I've been doing this show, some shows have really taken off, mm-hmm. right? And I think that they have a little bit of a broader appeal. I think with the I Like Your Work podcast, so just like uh, with me having like kind of limited knowledge of what's going on mm-hmm. with that, but I think that what I've noticed is their social media is really strong. Like they have a very... Um, regular thing yeah it's very like it comes out regularly there's regular social media posts she also does like a some kind of like open call where people can kind of submit themselves as artists and she'll like i feel like she has a i don't know if it's a newsletter or something where she'll feature different people uh like go do a studio visit with somebody and feature that so she has all these little like um Mm -hmm. uh little threads that are out there that aren't just about podcasting because i'm sure there's people who know about that that probably don't don't listen, listen to it yeah well that's how this show is yeah they're too. just there's after a lot like of, newsletters yeah. and social media content um type of stuff yeah it's interesting i in, in terms of just like uh documenting the art world well what do you think is interesting about the art world like what like okay based on this framework that i presented the idea like uh what is it as somebody that is active in the art world and knows a lot about it well like and since I'm interviewing your friends, like what are things that you think are interesting to people? Because basically like the kind of where I'm at is is just there's a whole culture of people that, you know, don't make it mm-hmm. in the art world, but they're still artists. Right, right. You know, and, and that's kind of like what I'm interested in. And I think that's a pretty fucking big community. Right? Yeah, like, I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a ton of people who, you yeah. know, d- aren't re- like will still make things and may make things forever and will never have like quote unquote made it. Yeah. And then there's also people who have like had really big shows and stuff like that where they did, you know, they had a big show and maybe they still make work and maybe they're still selling work, but it's just like at the scale that's still like under, you know, they're not at like Gagosian or whatever. Yeah. And I, I think that there's definitely, well, I mean, just working class artists, you mm-hmm. know, is 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 what's interesting to me because it's like it 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 is that thing where it's it's not necessarily a choice for for a lot of people. Like the idea that you have to kind of do this, even though it's not necessarily um, making you bigger. But like, what are what? I I don't know. I mean, one of the things that I find find interesting is just like how shockingly easy it is to become to build a relationship with a space like Monta Vista, mm-hmm. you know. Which having done it myself, and then having talked to a lot of people who were just like, oh yeah, like you know, I just went. Right. <laughs> I I think I mean it's there's sort of like this interesting thing that I've seen over time just in the art world in Austin and the art world here is you kind of like artists themselves will think there's a barrier to entry for certain and there definitely hugely is a barrier to entry for a lot of places Mm -hmm. but there's all these other places where there is a very small or no essentially barrier to entry or if you just want to um i mean like the way at at monta vista um let's see in 2019 was the first year we did the open call and we um you know, curated a showdown from that. And th- that's how we met Christine Atkinson, um, who's a member now. And we met her because, um, I mean, she had a, she, we curated her piece into the show and we all really liked the piece, but she came to the opening and she brought wine and we didn't ask her. Oh, wow. And I mean, like, that's not like we let her in Monta Vista because she brought wine. I mean, that's. No, no. But yeah. it, I mean, it was, it was also years, two years, three years two, three, four, maybe years later that she became a member of Monta Vista, but we all remembered her because we were like, 
you were so friendly and you really wanted to like help. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes it's it's there's a lot of places and spaces that need people who will help. Yeah. yeah and yeah. are interested in helping and are not like going to be, you know, hoarders of whatever it is they know. Um, and that is an interesting thing because there is a um, like because I know that when I first moved to L.A. It was during the economic downturn the uh the last one <laughs> and uh and i i did a lot of free work for people but for companies and there was those relationships never really worked out because they felt like a some level of guilt you know whereas in this space like free work is everyone's doing it mm -hmm. right like there there's no hierarchy where some person is making money at Monta Vista and and everybody else is just serving to help that person right right and so i think that's like you know the nature of the these it's types. a collaborate it's a collaborative volunteer effort as opposed to like an exploitative volunteer effort yeah exactly and so i think that that's um you know that's like and that's one of the lovely things about the art world is that yeah. there is all these places where if you and even if you're a person you're like i don't know what i have to offer i mean a lot of times people just need like <laughs> like humans yeah. to exist and like to be there yeah. or or you know seeing somebody like if you're a person that works in a space or helps run a space and you start seeing someone that comes to all your openings and does try to i mean they don't have to come to all of them but comes to openings frequently and they like hang around and like try to say yeah. hello and like be interested um and also just coming People coming in and not being like, I want something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Instead being like, hey, how can I like, how can I help or how can I be a part of this thing? And I um I think what it is is that there's definitely a vibe at Monta Vista. And if you come in and you like, which is how I got I feel like I got in, is if you come in and you are contributing to the vibe, uh while also t receiving something from it. Like, I think, because I remember I, I literally uh, told Rakim one time, we play video games every now and then, like, you know, once every year <laughs> sometimes, but we'll, we'll get together. I mean, we haven't done it in a while, but, uh, and I remember when I got in, I was like, oh, dude, I was going to ask you how, how to get into Monta Vista, but I never got around to it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that like, I mean, because I definitely was there with intention and curiosity. Mm -hmm. And there came a time where I was like, well, I can't just interview all of Monta Vista. It's not a Monta Vista podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I had to make an effort, effort to have Kellen and then have Ra at Rakim and slowly everybody got on. But like, you know, but yeah, so it, it but it is, it, it's interesting I, I I talked to Molly a little bit about this as well. And because um, I've known Molly for like seven years now. Mm -hmm. We just realized it during the interview and it was like, it, it was cool. But um, yeah, like th one of the things that is you go to like spaces like Night Gallery and all of those, and those are nice spaces. They have great work that there's nothing against them. But a lot of the people that are networking in there are, are that uh, that I realized at one point was just like people that know each other from work, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're, um, they're adjuncts or whatever. And a lot of the community seems inaccessible because people kind of know each other from things like that, right? So it is really interesting, I guess, the idea of of, of seeking out spaces, you know, because like, from day one, you and Carl, like no one was ever like, oh, this is like 
a, a click that mm-hmm. like you're not welcome into until you're in. Like I never felt like that. Well, I, I was just like one day I was in. Yeah, well, I think that there I, I think that, you know, you can't like you have to just find a place. You have to find a place where people are nice to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you will go like if you go to enough stuff and you're out and around enough, you'll find like that's how um like uh, Katya Yuvitsky, who I'm sorry, Katya, I pronounced your last name wrong. I know I did. Um, <laughs> but she um, so her and her husband, Sean Noyce, they run a place called Noisky Projects in Hollywood. And then she also is a member of TSA. Mm-hmm. But I met her because I went to see a show at Noisky and um, she was gallery sitting and we just started chatting and I was like showed her my work and we talked for like a pretty I mean like half an hour or something no. we'd never met before but she was just really nice and actually interested and I was like oh like we have we're like we're cool you know yeah. she's it was like she wanted she was interested and engaged and I think that if you can I mean it's sort of like I guess like dating or whatever where you're like is this person interested in me mm-hmm. And also sometimes it does take a few like a few times too, where you maybe meet somebody and they're like, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and, and then you see them at something later or in a different social situation. Yeah. So I think that's like you were saying with some places where it's more inaccessible because people know each other because of their jobs or whatever. You know, you'll get involved in one thing and that'll tie to another thing. And then eventually, you know, you kind of all these things, all these threads start getting tied together. Um, yeah, and it is interesting to think about that because uh, that is distinctly an MFA grad scene, right? The mm-hmm. the the adjunct hustle and all of those those things, and, and it is uh, it's a different kind of um, like they're very. I mean, <laughs> it sounds dumb to say, but they're just very academic about art, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that's fine that's fine you know i don't i definitely don't begrudge anybody that comes on the show because i love that shit too right and wants to talk about that but i do feel like that is part of the intimidation mm. right like if you it, it, like i mean i can hang but if you're if when i wasn't where i'm at now i didn't feel like i could i was very self-conscious about mfa and all of that mm-hmm. not having one uh in fact it wasn't until like recently that i was jamie so it was definitely after 2016 that jamie that convinced me that i didn't need to go yeah you know uh, well we're in the club then no mfa club no i know but i didn't know you then you know (laughs) when i was stressing all of or maybe i knew you but i didn't know that about Mm -hmm. you but it is it but that's an example right there like someone would look at you maybe not know that you have a bfa and just assume that you do because of where you are at you're you are somewhat I don't know if you if uh, track sixteen officially like are you represented by track sixteen? So Such a loose sh- relationship. It's very lo- it's the, it's very loose. I mean, so like Sean shows my work. I'm on the list of artists that okay. they show, but they don't like a they don't like officially represent, represent. people as far yeah. as you know like. That's fair enough. I mean, yeah. I don't know how these fucking things it's work a, anyway. It's a yeah, like that's a very it's that's a the art situation. world that I'm not part of. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, and then the other thing is like the. Um, I feel like in that realm, like when you're going into school, there's just this idea of uh, one of the things that the podcast has been good to me in learning is this idea that like people recognize uh, effort, you know, like mm-hmm. like most people probably don't listen to this show that 
still show me like deference because I do it, you know, not because they're afraid that I'm going to talk shit about them or anything like that, or not because they even want to be on the show because they don't listen, but just because it's like, oh, this is a person that's out here hustling. And I think that when people see that, like that goes a long way. You know, I mean, that's probably why I got in. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> Into, I think, yeah. but I think people, I think people want to see that. I also just feel like there's this whole, um, I mean, which is totally fine and people can be like this if they want, but there's this whole thing in the art world about like serious, like being serious. Yeah. And like you said, with like the academic talk and everything. And I, and okay, like there is obviously more than two ways to look at every piece of art but you can look at it in this like super academic way where you really like you know like analyze it and talk about all the like cultural implications and how the society that it came out of and blah 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 blah. and then you can just be like also i covered a chair in stuffed animal fur yeah that's it like really it's like there is this base level of you know i cut up 800 pieces of paper but then you could also be like these 800 pieces of paper like have all this blah 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 meaning yeah and and i think i think that you have to like live in the world where both of these things like the simplest and silliest yeah, yeah. explanation exists in context with the academic like very deep explanation those two things just are both alive at the same time and i think ignoring i hate it when i go to a show and it's like I'm literally making this up. I did not see this. So if it happened, sorry, everyone. <laughs> but you see, like, I don't know, something that looks like a human finger hanging out of a wall. And then and it's the only piece in the gallery. It's just mm. a finger coming out of the wall. And you're like. That's just kind of dope, though. I mean, but, <laughs> but you could be like, ah, finger. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, but then you, like, pick up the artist. There were the, like the the whatever the paperwork in the gallery, and it's like some long heady statement about like all the meanings of, and they're never, and no one ever just says a sentence like, "There's a finger sticking out of the wall." Yeah, yeah. And you, I, like, you have to accept that the what you've done or the gallery or the artist all have to, they all know. Yeah. There's a finger hanging out of the wall funny hilarious what is that it's weird it doesn't make any sense but then they're like going but they're they're trying to they want you to ignore that so you can like focus on this like hyper academia yeah situation yeah i am uh i'm a i agree with you in that like one time i did a, a ceramics show for Mon uh, made in la mm -hmm. and i didn't write a, a thing and I just didn't like, you know, but people were outraged, like fucking artists were upset. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, okay, <laughs> but it, I mean, it's not, it, it definitely happened because I didn't have enough time mm -hmm. to sort of put that together. So like, I can understand the frustration with that, but also like, it wasn't my top priority because I didn't want to fucking explain the show to you, not not because it's just it's a basic ceramic show. Sure, the show was called Wares. <laughs> like, like I I think you fucking get it, but someone wants to have. But I think that that's part of a thing of like because it, it wasn't academics that were complaining. It was like people, you know, this mm -hmm. was in um, at the brewery, so it wasn't academics. It was like just people that were casually just walking by, people I didn't know, mm -hmm. and they were like, "I want to know more about the show," uh -oh. and I get that. I appreciate 
them wanting to know more. But to some degree, I also feel like they wanted to know whether or not they were right. Sure. sure. <laughs> I, well, and I will also say, like, I'm not, you know, I like academic writing. I, some of it, I think it's no, really I'm interesting. Good at it too, and yeah. I will also say that it is really, really wonderful as an artist to have someone write something about your work yeah, yeah. that sounds intelligent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a really lovely thing. And which I don't want to like discount that at all. Because like even when you I mean, I guess it's it's just the whole thing is like whatever. All art is is this like microcosm of the world in and of yeah. itself. And so like the silliest nonsense, most nonsensical parts of it are there. And then the most heady academic parts are also there. Oh, yeah. And I have no problem with that. Uh, I also didn't feel like, like, it was my first time curating. I wasn't like, oh, my God, people are, or, you know, my stamp. I understand you what you're saying that, like, yeah, people want to have stuff written about them. But I'm pretty sure motherfuckers wouldn't have been like, oh, I'm going to quote this guy right, right, yeah. <laughs> for that show. So, but, but I also, like, um, you know, that you... It, it was it was a point of contention for like uh people's expect expectations which i'm fair i'm fine with you know mm -hmm. like i i'm not i'm not hung up on it i i i tell the story not to say that someone else was wrong or that i was wrong or or anything like that but more like it just wasn't priority number 1 for me in terms of like uh communicating you know like the academic side wasn't why I did the show. Sure, yeah. And so the fact that people were frustrated with the show, not that it was like a huge thing, people still like the show, but that level of like, that level, that desire for access into the thinking is something that uh, I've gotten used to not being there because it never really comes up. Like you don't go to critique someone at their opening, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, so for me, I was just like, you know, and I was like, hey, motherfucker, I didn't put myself in the show. You know, like I curated someone and I did something and I didn't even feature myself. Like, give me some fucking, give me a break. Well, I think sometimes too, I mean, I, I think sometimes too, it depends, like uh, this, this, concept of like organizer and or curator like yeah. what is what because like when i lived in austin i did um I, I worked at a space where i would put shows together but i didn't consider myself a curator i was more like an organizer I'm like i'm organizing this show and then other people like are gonna help hang it and there's in a you know i'm not writing it's not like my vision it's more like we have a space. We want some art. This will be a good show that people will come to. These people are cool. It wasn't really. Um, and so I think when you're coming at it more from like you're an organizer and you want to you want to put up a show that looks good and people are happy with the whatever you're not you're not sitting there like really thinking about like putting a curatorial statement out there my curatorial statement all, it makes it about you too when yeah you're, you're like i'm the curator and here's my statement of well i brought all the and if you were at the show here's my curatorial statement okay i'm looking at the camera right now <laughs> i don't think ceramics that are utilitarian suck <laughs> done i think they're a valid art form i think they're all <laughs> i also think utilitarian ceramics um are i they're so inexpensive and it's amazing. Like people put so much, so much insane work into making ceramics. I hate making ceramics. It's so hard. It's horrible. It's like 
It's a nightmare. It's my least favorite thing to work with, but I love it because I know how hard it is to make. Ceramics are amazing and they're too hard to make. And people are like, here, this mug is $30. And I'm like, did that take you like 40 years? Because I know it did. And like bad shit happened. And like there's a lot of turmoil inside of this object. And you were just like. (laughs) All of that anxiety, just throwing it in the wheel. (laughs) It's it's really hard. It's really hard to make ceramics. Dude, you just sort of things don't explode. And then like you got to worry about destroying other people's shit in your kiln. Oh, God damn. Or just like you get through the bisque firing and it gets fucked up in the glaze firing. Yeah. Or you have to do like three glaze firings and like you just like ever. It's just. Did you watch that show uh, uh, Blown Away on Netflix? The, I didn't. The, uh, the glass blowing show? Oh, wait. Was that, was the, was that the competition yeah. one? You know what? I th- That one was fucking great. I feel I like love that I shit. watched most of it and I didn't make it to the end for some reason. Oh, I f- the end is so, so the I end think, of that first season is so great. I feel like I forgot to keep watching it, which sounds stupid. By the way, this uh, teddy bear is nuzzling the shit out of my back. That's very nice. Uh, <laughs> it's like, ooh. <laughs> I put you in the pink chair. <laughs> I um, kind of put myself in here because there's no way I was going to be able to sit with that. No, I needed the horse. Yeah, you, you needed the um, horse. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, and anyway, the reason I brought that show up, it, and it's fucking great. Go watch it. Uh, it, it's uh, it, it it like it really is like uh, there are valid criti- critiques in there. Like mm-hmm. the the criti- criticism p- section of that shit is actually pretty solid, and the conceptual conceits that went out, and especially in that first season, are fucking great. I mean, even though it's like a little like um, like the the person that wins may not be the most charismatic person <laughs> in the whole place but i like him <laughs> you know and i like him because their work is fucking good at the end you know like that, that totally. they do they do an installation at the end and she fucking nails it oh i gave away who it is <laughs> i was so trying I, to keep it i big. literally won't remember um no I, but i'm spoiling it for my audience and now they're never gonna listen well, to the podcast okay, I again like everybody needs to just like, chill the fuck out yeah about spoiler because okay look if a story is good enough, if somebody already told you the end, if the story is good enough, you will not give a shit that you already know the end. Yeah, I, well, I was going to reference, that's what happened to me with the first season of uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, but you can get on, you can go to Monta Vista and talk to those people about that. Not maybe, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you're not for dragons you're not into a show that I just was popular never watched it and don't care no Sorry, that my, the, 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 I, I was just reminded because like i was talking about the ending but the ending of the show itself is actually not very popular but the ending of the first season is like there's a huge spoiler oh I and i like, and i knew it and i still watched it and that first season was pretty good i mean i think that's, that's so the i think thing. you're right it's it's like i not that i'm not i'm not a big reader now because my eyes hurt <laughs> Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, when I would normally like go to read, I'm like so tired from just looking up close at crap all day long. I just everything is swimming, and then I fall asleep. Um. Anyhow. Um. But I could read the same. I mean, there's books that I've read like fifty times. Oh yeah. And because I because I love, I I like love the way the story. I love the moments in the book, and I love the way the story is created. I don't care. I don't need to be surprised. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I think a book is also a little bit different because the way that the you build the story in your head and right. you and you visualize it 
Uh, I can definitely get behind that. Uh, I do. I also watch rewatch movies. So I mean, your point. Your point is solid. Yeah, I just no feel like people get so. Y'all like... can comment if you think we're wrong, but we're gonna spoil six movies from now on from the rest of the episode. <laughs> I can't. I can't spoil any movies because I never watch. I've like never not seen anything. But yeah, I don't know what. What I had brought up something and I forgot. I don't know, but it made me. What it did make me actually think of is another thing that's interesting about the Artist Conversation podcast that Michael Shaw does because he does often. He talks a lot about, or not a lot, but he does mention in the show, like, how he does it for free and, like, they, you know, like, he'll also call for help a lot. Be like, hey, I need somebody to help me out just, like, a few hours a week. Do you want to help? Are you a listener? Can you help? Email me. Like, that oh, kind okay. of stuff. He'll, he's very, he's very transparent. I mean, I think that's what I actually like about him is he's very transparent and he tries to... He's a peer or he at least a colleague, so I, I got respect. He tries to get people to be transparent, and it's such a funny, it's, it's, it can be, it can be painful sometimes to hear him trying to get yeah. people transparent because the art world is opaque and no one wants it to be transparent. And like even people that, you know, like, like people that I know that I'm, that I'm pretty close to or friends with, I would never be like, so uh, like, how much did you sell out of that show? Like, uh, I yeah, want to yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but I would never uh, like or, I think I asked you that though. or I would ask <laughs> or I would ask and they wouldn't tell me. And there's like certain people that I would that would tell or people would be like, oh, like, how much money do you make off your restoration versus your art? And that's usually I mean, up until like last year, it would be normally like I would make 80 percent of my income off restoration. Uh -huh. um, and but last year it was better, which is great. Um, but then I'm, I mean, I wouldn't like probably wouldn't publicly say what those numbers are mostly because sometimes I'm like, that actually is really embarrassing. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, from my end, it's embarrassing how much effort I put into something I make no money off. Right. But I mean, but that's, <laughs> but, you that, know. but I think that that also kind of goes to what, what I'm trying to, what I'm interested in. Like, I'm interested in this shit. Like, like, you know, what, why does fucking Molly do what she does? Like, why do you do what you do? Mm -hmm. Like, why do you run uh, Monta Vista? Like, why? Why the fuck do you do that? No, seriously, why yeah. do I do this? Like, why? But I, well, but I think, so I don't, I, you know, I also think about this too. Um, and I think, I don't know. I think, well, so I, I, for specifically for Monta Vista, I wanted to get involved in something because I needed to, I had when I came here, I had such a hard time figuring out like what my place was supposed to be here, mm -hmm. like how I fit into the whole like the enormous landscape, because I think that the thing about L.A. that is like difficult and bewildering is it does have all these aspects of the art world. Like it has the galleries where people go like go to the gallery and they're like, can I purchase this piece for fifteen thousand dollars and then the gallerist is like no because you're not the right person i know your money's no good here wow like and i'm like what yeah, what yeah. like there there's and there's tons of that that happens all the time and i like i'm not in that like that's not relevant to me specifically but like that's here and then you know there's just all the different like tiers and types of spaces that exist here and i couldn't I, I like really struggled to figure out like where I'm like, where do I um, where do I fit? And in Austin, there was such a when at the time that I was there, um, the golden days of the Austin art scene <laughs> before it got so expensive, people couldn't live there. Um, I had this community of people who just 
would like be there to do anything for no money because it was fun or interesting yeah. or good or we just wanted we wanted there to be more of we wanted there to be more art we wanted there to be more of everything and so we just did the thing because we we're like we have the time and we have the energy to do it and when i came here i couldn't find not that it's not that it didn't exist i just didn't know where to find it mm -hmm. and like in the places that i had looked like looked before i figured out Monta Vista, it just wasn't, I was like, this isn't, this isn't it. Like, this isn't quite it. I don't know. Um, and then I met Carl. Um, oh, it's over. Yeah. Well, and that was like the hilarious thing because it was. That was like, like me meeting you. That's literally what happened was I met Carl and that was it. Um, and I mean, even though Carl's in TSA, like there was just this, it was, it was funny too, because even though it was, I'd already been in LA for four years, three years, four years, something like that. Um, when I met Carl and, um, I met him because there was, they were trying to do so uh, TSA and Monta Vista will occasionally do exchange shows with like other collectives. So this is a collective in Austin called Icosa that didn't exist when I lived there, but I knew a bunch of people who were in it and um, they were going to do an exchange show with TSA and Monta Vista and they shipped all their work to L.A. and it all got stolen. Whoa. Yeah, it got s stolen out of somebody's car. Anyway, and so that they were supposed to be like. You know, people were coming from Austin, like to L.A. to, to for this show and the work was stolen. They look, you know, whatever they like. It was a whole sad, stupid, long story. Um, but what they ended up doing was being like, who do we know that's connected to Austin that lives in L.A.? And people knew me and a couple of other people. And then the collective did like bring some work with them on, you know, on the plane that they could put up. But they needed more because, you know, yeah. most of the big stuff got stolen. And so um, they contacted me and they were like, do you have any work? Do you want to be in this show? It's like right now. You know, it was like three days in <laughs> three days. <laughs> and um, and I was like, yeah, I can do that. And um, I ended up. Carl. Um, I didn't have a car. Like, I think. um yeah i didn't have a car at the time or i didn't have a car during the day like rick had the car to go to work and i was working oh my studio was at my house at the time mm -hmm. and so like i couldn't go anywhere and so i was like i can't drop my work off until like after 7 p.m is that okay and carl emails me back and he's like what are you doing i'm gonna come pick you up and i was <laughs> like you don't know where i live because like in la you don't just offer to pick people up no because like you could find unless out you're like, carl they're like i live in irvine yeah, yeah you know yeah. Um, I'm like, you don't know where I live. He's like, I don't care. I'm coming to pick you up. We literally never met. Uh -huh. um, and so he like picks me up at like 8.30 a.m. And we like, we went to Best Buy. We went to Home Depot. We went to the liquor store. We went to, and then we like went to Bendix and we like hung the show with a few other people. And we just like had a day. Nice. Me and Carl. And then I was like, okay, like this place makes sense to me. <laughs> like yeah. this makes sense to me. Um, and then I met Emily through, um, through him, you know, actually Emily Blythe Jones, who's been on the show. Uh, yeah. And by the way, just so that people have a context, we are literally in the same building where I recorded the Carl Barada episode. It's also a gallery. I can actually see into his studio because the doors are open. 
so that people know uh, that <laughs> the family is tight. Yeah. Gallery also, the place where we barely close our doors. Um, yeah. So, but that's how yeah. I think maybe I may have like just, I knew I was following Emily on Instagram before and I had wanted to meet her and I kept going. She was in all these group shows mm -hmm. and I would like go to the group show to try to meet her and she wouldn't be there. And then I would like go to the one two weeks later and like, where is she? Yeah. yeah. I finally ended up meeting her. Um, she was, it was at one of those, um, uh, okay, Habib, um, who used to run, gallery. yeah, who is now at 515, but used to run a gallery called Post, used to do these things called kamikaze shows. Yeah. And so like he would Which do, I it was, was in, like one, I yeah, was in one, yeah, one show a day or something like that mm -hmm. for a month. It's all crazy. So Emily was in this one show, um, it was about cakes. Anyway, it was one of those kamikaze shows. And so it was like, you know, up for just three hours or something like that and i got there and i got the times wrong and so i was there like five minutes before it was closing and emily at the time was making the um these cast arms mm -hmm. with food in their hands and she was carrying these arms and i'm like <laughs> that's her and i like ran up to her and i'm like look i know you're trying to leave obviously with your work but i need i'm like I need to introduce myself to yeah. you, which I don't think she remembers that encounter, but it felt extremely awkward and I felt super weird about it. <laughs> um, so I think I actually had met her then. The whole thing happened with Carl. And then he told Emily after he and I spent the day together, like doing shit, like having to go buy a TV monitor for a mm -hmm. piece and all that, you know like this person's cool <laughs> and Monavista. and if you get the thumbs up from carl you're right and monavista or... needed extra help yeah. at the time too and i think that's kind of the thing too is is most of the time i mean like sometimes you come in and it's not the right time and so you know i can't just say to everyone like oh you could just try to do this and it'll work but because sometimes it takes a long time too, like to what um, to get in to get involved with the space. Like sometimes you you could like go to like right now we just got a ton of new members at Monta Vista. Oh yeah, and it's so, not limited supply. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. so we don't, you know, it's not like we, you know, we're not like. But there are times where, like, when I came into Monta Vista, Monta Vista needed, yeah, so, needed something, and it was needed something that I could help with, and so that's like, like retail. It's seasonal. Right. You know, like right. there's uh, you got to wait until uh, the turnover rate. Yeah, you got to wait for the right time. Or like sometimes, you know, even with like shows and stuff, like you might meet someone and you're like, oh, like that person was cool and they liked your work. And then like five years later, you hear from them and yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, I want, you know, I thought of you and mm -hmm. I want to put you in a show. But sometimes it takes five years because they're not ready for it yet. Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird thing out, out here. Um it's also weird, like how you, you, you know, cause I have, well, one of the things that you said that was funny, cause we were talking about my, uh, my, the fun times I've been having on dating apps and, <laughs> and I was complaining that like, you don't really know someone until you actually meet them. Right. So you have this like fake idea of what they are and then you have to confront the reality of it. So there's like maybe even more disappointment than going on a regular date. But you were saying that it was something that also applies to me in that context, which is that. I don't get a lot of people that aren't artists. Mm -hmm. Like that's part of the burden of being an artist. Like, oh, like you, you don't, you literally like do not get them. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't. <laughs> Just making sure. I'm oh clear. no, I, no, I, I, I've never slept with anyone that's not an artist. <laughs> Actually, it's, I mean, it's funny because. No, I'm kidding. But no, but really though, like that's my, I, when I meet, I rarely meet 
people who aren't either an artist or arts adjacent. And when I do, I, I am I'm kind of bewildered. Yeah. I, and I don't know what to do with it. And so that's like, I don't know. That's just sort of a funny. Um, like we we hang together, the artists. Yeah. I mean, it's it is hard to to really kind of relate to people that have like the nine to five and want to well, do that. I also think you're kind of stupid too, because you're working for free all the time for to yeah. do dumb stuff. And it's like, why are you doing a 12 hour day? And you're like, well, I worked six hours. And then for six hours, I did an insane project with my studio mates. Yeah. And they're like, but why? And you're like, because it was fun. I think that's the new, <laughs> what's my thesis is about the but why. <laughs> but why are you doing this? Seriously, like, I don't know why I keep doing, I really don't know why I keep doing this. I I'm making literally the most, that, I mean, in the past four years, the most that I've made off of my Patreon all combined is like 400 bucks, which is a lot because it's 100 a year. But, uh, you know, honestly, like, it does not co cover well, but, my time. But what, <laughs> but is your goal, I mean, is your Okay. I, I mean, I, obviously, yeah, it would be nice to me. I mean, I guess this is the whole thing. Like when I, I don't know, my parents are very practical people. And so like when I was going to get my BFA or whatever, my mom was like, don't you think you maybe should like double major in fine art and graphic design? And I was like, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then I tried to do graphic design and I hated it so much. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, I can't, I'm not doing this anymore. But my mom was really, really serious about basically like, Planning How are you going to make money? Yeah. Like you need to live, be able to live. And I also wanted to like, not that, I mean, because I do sell my work. I'm not like a crazy purist or anything like that. But I just never, I wanted to be able to kind of do whatever I wanted with my work and not be dependent on money from selling my work because I wanted to do whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. And like you get into this thing, which is, accidentally happens to me where you you're doing something and people like it and then people buy it and then people are expecting more of that from you and some of it you'll do but then some of it you're just like no. well i'm not you know i haven't done that in a while or i'm not gonna was it the bunnies oh no i love the bunnies i would totally make more bunnies i actually am making more bunnies um, what was it that that got you pigeonholed? What got you decura code is what I call it. Oh, that. I mean, you know, you know what was actually interesting was for years and years and years I made um I mean like before ceramics I made like work on paper. I did a lot of like um like transfer prints with like photos that I did or stuff I Wintergreen photocopied oil. or um yeah, I used uh, acetone works good. Uh, lacquer thinner. Lacquer, lacquer thinner is great yeah. for transfer prints. And so then I would like do drawings on top of those and, you know, kind of like collage -y stuff or like sewing, sewing on paper. I, I had my Xerox phase too. By Art, the way. Yeah, yeah, artist books, um, like altered books, um, stuff like that. I think and, it's very generational though. Maybe so. Um, but, I, it would be interesting if any Zoomers start making Xerox art. But when I came to L.A., I I don't know if it was the way that my because I was still doing some paper stuff when I was in Austin. But something about coming here. Like all the other or most of the other elements of the work that were any work that I was doing that weren't ceramic sort of just fell away. Um, and that's what people were upset about. And, no, well, that's what people people wanted. Oh, the, more of that. The, but but sometimes now, you know, like all, 
there will be a piece that I'll post that's old and people will be like, oh, are you ever going to do like a series on that or anything? And I'll, I'll be like, maybe, <laughs> but it might take like 10 years because yeah. I'm not good at, you know, I don't know. I'm not good at the, de- you know, just because there's demand doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Like there's this piece with these it's squirrels eating Cheetos. It's these two ceramic squirrels and they're like eating these these Cheetos and they have the Cheeto um, buzz is the wrong word powder dust cheeto dust dust is they better. have it all over their faces and all over their little hands and they're just like going nuts and it's hilarious i mean like i love that piece it was funny to make i actually dumped out an entire bag of cheetos and found the smallest ones <laughs> okay <laughs> and then i coated them all in acrylic um so there there's a their cheeto cord yeah yeah <laughs> Um, and so they're actual real Cheetos. It's almost like you're petting a real cat there. By I know. The way. <laughs> I'm, I've been petting the horse. It's the horse, the fuzzy part of the horse's leg. Keeping me calm. Is, um, is the armrest of the chair. I'm trying to it, 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 explain it to you for when you listen later. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you can visualize it. But yeah, the Cheeto squirrels, whenever I repost them, people are like, oh, are you ever going to make any more of those? And it would be fun to do a series of those. But maybe you feel like you've already got it but done. But like. You already went there. Am I going to. I mean, you know, if. if Like, you know, so much of what I do is like based on things. What I find. If for some reason someone like brought in a big box of really appropriate squirrel figurines that would all be perfect to have little snacks. Maybe I would do that. Mm-hmm. But I don't. It's hard for me to actively like. Seek out like even if. If I know people would buy it, I'm just like, Ugh. and that's doesn't make any sense. Like you can't. That's not a way to run a business. <laughs> um, what do you, what do you know about the Seattle art scene? Very little. Very little. So you're not yeah. you're not doing your research. You're not ready to hit no. the ground running and be like, I'm gonna Monta Vista the shit out no, of this no. place. No, I'm kind of gonna do a thing. Um, like, there's kind of like just some, well, first of all, I'm taking enough restoration work with me from clients in California that I have like a good few months of work. Can you ship stuff? Yeah, no. it's all smalls, um, smalls that are going to all do and then I'll ship back to people. Um, and and then there's some stuff that I just like want to try. So I'm kind of in this thing. I'm going to try to like make more space for just like my studio time so I can do some stuff that I've just been wanting to try um or to see how it looks and not really i don't know not worry about like shows or whatever at the moment it'll probably change really i'll say that and what's going to end up happening is somebody's going to be like oh hey group show another group show and then i'll be like ah and then i'll just have to make work for that and instead of spending my focus time do you submit um, and apply to stuff no, no, you just you just known and met I'm enough people pretty, that you get. Yeah, invited. I um, I've just been like really I, I've been like really weirdly lucky with how all everything. No, I wouldn't say luck. Well, you, you're mean, out here, man. I'm, you I fucking hustle. E- I make efforts, but I don't feel like I make like any really in, intense efforts. Sometimes I'm like, wow, if I would have made an intense effort, I wonder how much like how well I could do if I was just like really, really focused. But yeah. Um, but more or less, I just like kind of do, I do like do more or less what I want for my work or what I think is going to be good. And, um, and that makes me happy. And I, and I'm happy that people buy it, uh, cause I don't want to, 
have to keep. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to keep my like tons and tons of my own work. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I like the fact that it that it can well, go away. It's voluminous, and it, it's not like you have you can just put them in uh, a flat file. Right. Yeah. It takes up space. And even a fucking flat file is huge. Well, yeah. Like that's the thing, where <laughs> People, you know, painters, and then it's like, are you gonna, you know, you have to unstretch stuff at a certain point because you can't fit that many stretcher bars, and so you have to, you do, or you don't have to. But I feel like I have to have a way to like get rid of the things I make, um, because I don't want to have them forever like they're not you know once i've made them i'm i'm good yeah like um it's your uh it's it's your version of epstein's fantasy of like you know (laughs) seeding the world with your art i'm sorry was that not is that is that problematic that was was, uh not where i thought that was gonna go but um really did you forget who you were talking to but but i'm like but also The application of the theory is, although then again, I'm like, I, you know what? Yes, but I, less creepy, Javier. I do sometimes think, <laughs> I do sometimes think about how it is cool to know that you like people all over the world like have no, it's a fucking weird awesome. It's it yeah. is when I do start thinking about it, I was like, oh, that actually is cool. Um, I'm but, trying to get into that mindset because I'm try- I'm definitely trying to like I'm not ready to get rid of pieces, but mm-hmm. I'm you're probably gonna see me being like trying to hustle on Instagram and be like, hey, anybody want to pay me ten dollars? <laughs> I've become an old man and I've sold it out. Right. Well, I mean, I you know <laughs> you heard the part where I was like, I'm ready to sell out. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you you have to like you, of of Emily's episode. I wanna. You have to like. It's it's nice to give, you know, to be able to like for people to love your work and for people to own your work. And I think that's that's awesome. But I also just don't I don't know. I don't want it to be like my I don't want to be I don't want it to be my primary income stream because I don't want to have to like get into this thing where I'm just like. Yeah, it puts pressure on. And I have this other since I have this other skill, Mm -hmm. like if I didn't have the restoration skill, I might, you know change my mind on that but like doing restoration gives me a lot of freedom with my artwork and and that's kind of always how I perceived that my life would work like I always assumed I would be doing something else that would make it like give me the space to do what I wanted with my artwork I always assumed I would have like a regular day job that was not uh that 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 was more what uh we had back in the 90s <laughs> you know like uh like work that actually paid you sure well yeah no i always <laughs> and didn't take up every second of your fucking existence well i always thought i would be a teacher like a, a, i was like oh i'll teach college oh, but yeah. like that that's fell like apart. So... i mean like that fell apart completely yeah. like and i was i was so lucky that that like the whole situation with now we only hire adjuncts started happening like like i applied to a bunch of graduate schools like right after undergrad got rejected Mm -hmm. from like all of them or i think i got waitlisted on a couple and then rejected from the rest and and then i was just like okay this is dumb uh (laughs) and uh 
But then, you know, a couple of years later, I had friends that were graduating from MFA programs and they're like, I teach at five universities and I drive 800 miles. Yeah, that's what I like. They, they're basically like fucking so uh, club soccer coaches. And, and yeah. And I was just like, well, this is that this is crazy. Like, yeah. I don't want to do that. You know, I always had the the I was thinking of like the person who was my advisor in college. She was like. She like got her MFA and then she got a job as a professor teaching painting at a college and she worked there for 40 years and then retired. And she had this job that allowed her to have like at least two days a week of studio time yeah. and the summer's off. And I was like, oh, that's what I'll do. And but instead, like I do restoration. And then when I'm like, oh, like when I had my show last year. For months, I was just like, I'm sorry, I can't finish your project. I'm busy <laughs> like, trying to make artwork. Leave me alone. Nice. Yeah, that's a pretty that's a, that I think is a nice serendipitous thing that you fell into with the with the restoration. We covered it last episode, yeah. so you don't have to get nah. into it. We have another episode with Deborah if you guys want to hear more of her her her, her story uh, and how she uses serendipity in her practice. It was, it's also funny because since I do this so much, when, like, when we were sitting on our chairs, but we weren't, didn't have the mics on, it was tripping me out because I'm like, oh, wait, the mics aren't on. Right. <laughs> no, I know. I thought that was sort of funny, too, because it's like, yeah. it's sort of, it's like we're, like, pretending to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're still pretending. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, until I make money off of this, some would argue that I am. <laughs> I mean, I don't no, know. No, I know. I know. I uh, do. You don't have to feel bad. Oh, I do want to say I'm just like one last thing about you not making money off your podcast. It's really not about that. But it's just this whole thing I've gotten like, especially in the last few years, gotten kind of like obsessed with because people which is now hilarious since I'm leaving and my clients for restoration are like, no, mm -hmm. Um. But people would be like, why don't you train someone? Why don't you train someone? And I'm like, look, I'm just trying to be an artist. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I do this so I can be an artist. I don't want I don't want an employee. I don't want somebody bothering me. I don't want to have to tell someone they did a bad job on that and the dots don't look right. I, you know, I just do this so I can do this other thing. Yeah. And this whole like idea of, of like growth, constant growth, it's insane. Well, you have to keep up with inflation now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I don't know. I'm just so I like people are just like, well, you start a business so you can grow. No, I get. And I'm I get like, literally, saying. I'm totally against that. I'm totally against you start a business so you can grow. I started a business so I could have something that would like allow me to be an artist. Yeah, they, I mean, that's and basically that's yeah. the goal. So that's what I was gonna say. Like with your podcast, you know, maybe it's. It, maybe it is one of your goals to make money, but like, what are the other goals? Oh, like, no. You, I, know. you know, the look, there was a very serious thought process that went into starting up again because it was like I, the last time I did it, I was so burnt out this time. And so I was like uh, afraid for that, you know, and this time I have like so many episodes so far ahead. I don't even think of the show some weeks, you mm -hmm. know, which is much healthier. Like and in terms of getting that set up um the main reason i did it is because i couldn't look the main reason i started doing it again is because i couldn't look at what i had done so far and say it wasn't worth it right like uh i am definitely not where i was when i started i am definitely a different person internally i've learned a lot uh i learned a lot of 
I have lost a lot of illusions about who artists are and what kind of people are artists. I think I have a lot more of a realistic understanding that they are fucking annoying. They are, they are, and, and, and I don't, I don't say that with resentment. I, this is just the reality of like, you know, I share some of these qualities with people that fucking drive me crazy and the things that they do that drive me crazy are things that I would possibly do in the same situation, you know, uh, in terms of like being controlling of your persona and all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, like I definitely... I don't think that I got into Monte Vista exclusively because I, I do the show, but I think, uh, I just think that I have uh, built enough that it, it, that it felt worth it to keep going, you know, yeah. and, and uh, the, the social element of it is also, it's, it's kind of like, I'm the kind of person that I force myself to socialize because otherwise I forget. Mm. You know, like, because I will go into that studio hole or that fucking hole of doing whatever it is that I'm doing. And then I'll come up and I'll be like, oh, my God, I feel so lonely. Hey, right. guys, do you guys want to hang out? <laughs> so then doing the show is just a way of doing this. But uh, I think that there's like something really intimate to doing this with strangers, because first of all, you get to know them pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Like, like, are they... Are they an asshole and they're not going to say anything? <laughs> and then you're just like, fuck you. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> well, I think, it, I mean, it's going to be hard too because there's so many, I, there's so many introverts in the art world. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just like, you're, you're literally like, I, I'm guessing like a lot of people's worst nightmare. And also we let you into Monte Vista because we're like, this man will work for free. Uh, yeah. No, that's not really <laughs> um, no, we just all of you, all of us knew you. Yeah, we yeah. Like, hey, Javier, he's. Cool. I made it hard for you guys to not let me in. Well, we just—I mean, like we we knew you. And, yeah, yeah. Um, we're like, he's cool. He like does stuff. Um, mm -hmm. that's cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, I have to say, I'm really enjoying. I'm. I've been sitting in a horse chair this whole time. Just petting, stroking his chin. And I've been chin. petting him, and um, it's really nice. This yeah, is great. Yeah. This is a great chair. You should uh, make an ad for it. <laughs> and put it in the middle of a podcast at the very end. <laughs> and said, I think on no. that on he that note, no. no, he's not he's not for sale. <laughs> it does look like he's like sneaking up uh, uh, like behind you, and he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. I am gonna miss you. We'll talk a little bit more about that off air because uh, I, it, it might involve some crying. <laughs> <laughs> no crying uh but but yeah i mean we'll definitely be in touch because i'm not gonna let you not contact me oh you'll, you'll everyone can find me on the instagram on the instagram yeah yeah and then uh anything so what's your instagram oh my instagram handle zebrazorb um that's the way you find me um that's my most updated thing i don't have anything coming up um but if people are in seattle or if people live in Seattle or they're visiting Seattle and they want to say hi, come find me. Okay. Or also other people, invite me back to LA. I will come. You will come? I will come to, to LA. LA. All right. For visits, not All to right. stay permanently. Preferably when it's not on fire. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're... I, I, you're not gonna get an invite from me because I don't have room for two people. <laughs> but <laughs> well, but if you invite me to something, I might be like, oh, I'll find accommodations because this oh, sounds cool. Oh, okay, all right. Well, I'll try to throw something a you know, big party and invite saying. you. 
Uh, but in the meantime, we got your party, your yeah. farewell party. So I'll be ready for that. I'll try not to get too drunk because <laughs> that's because that's the reputation I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I don't have that reputation, by the way. <laughs> he does. He does. We just don't tell him. <laughs> uh yeah all right and uh thank you guys uh, for listening thank you for coming uh, and being on the show again and uh for uh, uh being a good art friend and it's now 92 degrees in here so we have to go